Hi, Jeff. Hey, Soraya. How you doing today? Oh, my gosh. Jeff, can you believe it? Hold my hand. It's our 80th episode. Oh, Woo! my gosh. We're officially in old age. Uh, don't know about that. But <laughs> I cannot believe it's been 80 episodes. I it doesn't know. feel like it. It does not feel like it at all. It feels like we just started this. And we're just getting, get, we're just getting into it, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> but, Jeff... Number 80 is a special number. It is. It is. And today's a really special day. Yes. We to have mark a... this beautiful 80th episode. Jeff, please tell our listeners who is going to help us commemorate our 80th episode. So today we're talking to the Bengals drummer, Debbie Peterson. Ah! <laughs> I know. I know. I am okay, super excited. Everybody, did everybody faint? I we did. We cannot believe it. I mean, we can, but it's awesome. Yeah, very awesome. And uh, after many attempts, <laughs> we finally hit one of our unicorns yes. on on the, for this episode. And so I'm excited. Jeff, are you excited? I'm very excited. I've seen some interviews with that have included Debbie, and she always has great answers, great energy. And we know how fun she is to watch behind the drum kit or uh, with a guitar strapped around around her neck and up front, which she does sometimes at shows. Right. Um, so, yeah, this should be fun. I say let's hop to it then. All what right. do you think? All right. Let's take this call. Hi, this is Soraya. And this is Jeff. Our podcast is called Paisley Stage Raspberry and Rhyme. A podcast where the two of us play music that we like and share anecdotes and background about the tunes. We hope you'll join our conversation. And without further ado, agroviar. Let's get groovy. Hi, this is Debbie Peterson. How are you? Hi, Debbie. How are you? We're doing great. Good. Good. Thank you so much for calling in. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. We have so many questions, Debbie, but we also don't want to tax too much of your time. So if you don't mind, we're just going to hop right in. Go for it. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, First of all, our podcast focuses on the Paisley Underground. And we've had uh, the other other four seminal bands that we've had, uh, Annette from the Bengals. We've had members Mm -hmm. of the Three O'Clock. Dream Syndicate and Rain Parade. And we've all asked them the same question, and we're going to ask you. Okay. What does, what does the Paisley Underground mean to you? Um, the Paisley Underground, to me, was just, uh, it was almost like a club. It was all of us together going to see each other's shows, supporting each other's music. Um, we all had very similar um, influences when we started out, and uh, uh, so it was kind of like a club. It was like a gang. We, you know, we hung out together and um, and really enjoyed just just being a part of a, a seed man, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Debbie, we wanted to ask how the Bangs actually came together and get their start on the Los Angeles music scene, even prior to this Paisley Underground scene coming together. Well, actually, Vicky and I were sort of, uh, I, actually, I joined Vicky's band, let's go way back. Uh, Vicky had a sort of high, bunch of high school friends, they were playing together and playing, you know, just like silly, 60s 
silly uh, high school shows and stuff, and they were looking for a drummer, and I auditioned, um, and and said yeah, they said yeah, sure, you're in the band, and so from there we just kind of did these sort of local clubs in like the Redondo Beach area, you know, sort of. I had to pretend I was 18, even though I was 16, uh. <laughs> but I was tall, <laughs> and um, so we kind of just did these shows for like three people in the audience just to kind of get out and play and we um actually had amanda hills padani who was our bass player at the time was vicky's best friend from high school she was she was playing with us we were a three-piece for a while and um then amanda went off to get married <laughs> and be you know do like normal things like you know become a professor and things like that you know wow. like, <laughs> actually have a proper job you know yeah. and um so uh, we, so it was just Vicky and I, and and we read um, in the Recycler, which was like the nor- like the classified sort of um, magazine that was around at the time. Um, which I'm, I'm reading this book now, and that's that apparently a lot of LA musicians got together with, through the Recycler. Right. Well. Right. Yeah. And um, so, so we were just like sort of looking, looking in the Recycler, thinking, oh, you know, let's try to get some other people in our band, and Susanna had an ad in the Recycler, and uh, Vicky and Susanna talked, and it was right after John Lennon died, and so um, it was basically like, oh, let's do something, we have the same interests, and, and we got together with Sue and her her parents' garage, in, you know, <laughs> garage, <laughs> in, um, in, um, where it's oh, Brentwood, so it was it was a very nice garage, let's say, and uh, so we got together and, and sort of jammed with her and realized we had a lot in common, and, and so that kind of started off. We were you know writing together and rehearsing a lot together, and then um, we uh, I'm oh that we made a single, um, getting out of hand, which it was one of your do it yourself kind of things. Down Kitty Records, which was our our label at the time that we came up with, and um, managed to get Rodney and the Rock to Rodney Bingheimer, Rodney and the Rock to play it, and which was what I think one of the most exciting things I can remember hearing the song on the radio for the first time. That's <laughs> pretty awesome. Wow. And uh, so anyway, it was the three of us, and then we got Annette involved. So as I think Annette, again, it was a, the recycler came into action for that. So we, we got four of us, and we just started playing around the, the local clubs. Sounds simple enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, you know, it's, 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 it's very grassroots, very much, you know, just sort of do-it-yourself kind of way to just to get it going, you know, because we yeah. obviously, you know, you have to start from somewhere and then, and then play a lot of shows and hope, you know, some record company people come, you know, because that's what we wanted. We wanted to be huge, you know. We wanted to get on a major label and and sell lots of records and be famous, and you know, like everybody did at the time, you know. So I imagine when Rodney played your song on the radio that you probably had a that thing you do kind of moment where it's our song is on the radio. Definitely, I think I was jumping up and down in my living room in our little horrible flat in Hollywood screaming my head off. Wow. <laughs> it's <was> very exciting. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So the the bangs bangle I, I I let's stick with the bangs for for right now and okay. then the bangles. Yep. But so 
we're really curious because we've heard a lot of rumors about what really kind of helped a lot of these bands that were in this scene kind of gel and create a community. Um, so we've heard rumors of uh, barbecues being thrown by members of Green on Red. And we've heard about a trip to Catalina that involved a number of these bands, you know, uh, Dream Syndicate, The Bangles, Three O'Clock. And yeah. we're, we just wanted to ask a little more. Do you remember any of these events, either the Catalina trip or these barbecues with members from that were being thrown by members of Green on Red? I definitely remember the Catalina trip big time. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that was a blast. I mean, we went. I, I mean, I remember, you know, obviously bits and pieces. It was like a million years ago, but I, I remember going there with with the, the other band members and just we were all friends and hanging out. And I remember sitting like at the beach and we were cracking beers. And the cop came over and told us you can't drink on the beach and blah blah blah. <laughs> uh, so we were like, ooh, we're being renegade here. We're being rebels, you know. Ooh, aren't we? Aren't we nasty? You know? <laughs> and then I remember. Then I remember specifically, we all had our, I mean, we were camping out, so we all had brought sleeping bags and stuff with us, and, and we were sleeping on the golf course. And, you know, because we were running around at night trying to find a place to camp out, and we went on the, this golf course and got woken up in, like, really early in the morning by the sprinklers. Oh, <laughs> That's gosh. what I remember. Whether that was really true or I hallucinated that, I don't know, but I do remember that, and then being kicked off the... Uh, the, the golf course. Wow. Oh, man. So did they use the sprinklers as a way to get you off? Or did they? I'm thinking, yeah. Like, okay, wow. let's blast them with water, cold freezing water, like, you know, whatever, four in the morning, five in the morning. You should have said, don't you know that we're going to be the Bengals someday? Yeah. Don't you know who we think we are? Come on. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, was, yeah, that was great. That's the fun times. So with that camaraderie, we wanted to jump a few decades, actually, and talk about an event that happened in December of 2013 at the Fonda Theater, an event that Soraya and I were front row at. And um, yeah, that was so much fun for us. And it included the four central bands of the Paisley Underground, including the Bangs, as Vicky introduced you guys. special situation with us these four bands as you know throughout the evening and possibly throughout history um, have been friends and roommates and housemates and sleeping bag mates as we discussed earlier (laughs) for years and years there's a book there's definitely a a a book book. waiting to be written and uh, we've just been having the most amazing beautiful time Seeing these guys again and hearing this music again, and I hope you've been enjoying it too. And just for tonight, we're the bangs. How was it for you to have that event with these other artists that you had this relationship and connection with from the beginning? Well, it was it was great. It was like traveling back in time. It was like um it was, it was, I was sitting there watching the other bands and going, oh my God, I remember that song. I remember that song. I, I used to love that song. You know, it, was just, it really was a, a really fun trip, and, you know, back, back in time. And um, it real thrilled to see them all playing again and, and all of us together. It was, I'm so glad that, 
that actually came about. It was really, really good experience. So what was the, I mean, how did this idea come about? As a fan, we were beyond thrilled, but I'm really curious, how did this event come to be? I think it's just, we were all sort of in one way or another reconnecting after years and years and years. And we've all sort of stayed in touch with, you know, like with Steve Wynn and, um, and, and Michael Corsio and, and, you know, everybody just sort of, you know, by email and stuff and occasionally calling and, and, you know, just, just through the years, just kind of kept in touch with everybody. And suddenly it was just, I can't even remember who came up with this idea. It might've been Danny Benair. Somebody started the ball rolling with like a, like this huge email chain, <laughs> which involved many people. So it got kind of chaotic, but we, we ended up working it out so that everybody was able to be available for the shows, and it was, um, I was so glad it happened, you know, it's just a wonderful thing. I imagine logistically that was really difficult, but as fans, again, this was a highlight of, I've probably seen a couple hundred, maybe a thousand shows in my life, and that is in my top dozen for sure. Yeah. Oh, really? What, cool. <laughs> and what made it extra exciting is at the end, when you had each played your own sets, you got together and you guys were doing cover versions of songs together, including yeah. you guys doing the Seeds song, which you sang on. Uh, that was so much fun and just seeing that camaraderie and it looked like genuine excitement and friendship between all of you. It was, I mean, it's just totally genuine. It's, you know, everybody, you know, going, getting together again after all these years and, and, and being able to play together and have that opportunity. It's pretty amazing really after so long. It's, and so I think everybody was really, really thrilled. And to, just add on to this. So that night was amazing. And Jeff, I agree with you. It's in my top five shows I've ever seen in my Yay. lifetime. Yay. <laughs> uh, and, but the energy, the fondness, the friendship, but it was walking away going, why am I not seeing these bands anymore? Why am I not hearing them anymore? And then you guys give us really a true gift. And you give us three <laughs> by four. Yeah, and where you eat, where each man covers uh, a couple of songs from each other. Yeah, I I gotta ask again, whose idea was this? Because it was brilliant. It's again, I think it was a collective idea. I think it it spawned from doing those shows together, and I think it was just like the next step in, in what are we gonna do next? Oh, what's I, and I, I can't even remember specifically because I don't have all my email, millions of emails in front of me where it actually came <laughs> from. But it, it was definitely a, a collective of a few minds that said, hey, what about recording each other's songs? And it was like, great. And again, the email chain went on and on like for oh, at least over a year. Um, just, just, just discussing it and what what songs should we do and what's the album cover going to look like and, and what should we call it. And it was, it, But it was, it was a really fun, creative project to do you know yeah and and the final result is amazing 
And a little sub um, question about 3x4, mm -hmm. which is really exciting to me. Soraya and I were fortunate enough to go and visit Jim Hill in his studio in Los Angeles. And while we were cool. in there recording an episode of the podcast, he turned to the side and he pointed to the studio and he said, the Bengals recorded backing vocals in, in that little room right there. And yeah. we, we were so excited. <laughs> and he, he pulled out a Polaroid or a picture of you guys in the studio. And we were really excited. But it was really neat for me to see that you guys did the backing vocals on a Rain Parade version of a 3 o'clock and a Dream Syndicate song. Even within yeah. that session, all four bands were covered. How did you like being in that studio recording the backing vocals on those Rain Parade songs? It was fun because it was it was um, it was just nice to hang out with Matt again and and uh, hear the way they were doing their version and 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 coming up with some different you know backing parts which obviously were different than the original. So it was. Just kind of, it was, you know, again, it was just like sort of experimental and, and we were just sort of throwing a bunch of different ideas around. Um, it, but it, it was fun. It's always fun to do backing. I love doing backing vocals anyway because it's always a challenge. Ooh, how can we make this different, you know? Right. So it, it, was a good, it was a good experience. It was fun. Very cool. And when it comes to harmonies and melodies and voices, I mean, the Bengals cannot be beat. <laughs> so... <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, we're Harmony Pigs. We, we just, we've always loved it. <laughs> I've heard that name before. <laughs> what, Harmony Pigs? Yes, yes. Well, actually, um, that was uh, that was a name um, that when when I did uh, the Kindred Spirit, which was mm -hmm. in the early '90s, I worked with Siobhan Marr, and I worked with Christian Nesmith, and and we we dubbed ourselves the Harmony Pigs when we were recording our our little. Uh, CD a long time ago. Right, right. Many, many years ago. <laughs> so, so if I understand correctly, that project started off with you and Gina Shock. Is that right? Originally, yes, yes, that was an original. Like, what am I going to do now? The Bengals broke up. I'm like, okay, what am I going to do creatively now, musically? What, what in the world am I going to do? And um, so, I, I think that was actually a Miles suggest, Miles Copeland suggestion. What about you and Gina Shock getting together and? And they were like, I was like, mm, okay, two drummers, but yeah, that could be interesting. And so we kind of wrote some songs together and wrote some few good songs. And and but it was just something that just kind of just didn't gel. I think mm -hmm. probably personality-wise, it wasn't gelling. And and it just it was a good it was an experience. I don't know if it's a good experience, but it's definitely an experience for me to work with somebody else and then um then i hooked up with siobhan and that was a much better experience for me because we had a lot more musically in common and um and it just and vocally we could we just blended like crazy it was almost like having my sister back you know right. so Heart, it would break her. 
I, I love doing that. I love to, to blend with other people, and I, I, I'm pretty lucky that I can do that. Uh, but Vicky and I definitely being, you know, having the sibling vocal blend is nothing like that with like like any other sibling yeah. group, you know. What do they call that? Blood harmonies or something like <laughs> yes. that? I've heard recently. <laughs> Blood harmonies. <laughs> yeah. So. No, we were bleeding when we did those harmonies. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Debbie, I wanted to ask you about the release that came out, uh, the 2013-2014 era, uh, the Ladies and Gentlemen, The Bangles, that was a re-release of some of your earlier material as The Bangles and the early yeah. Bangles stuff, and that came out on Omnivore. What were your thoughts about mm-hmm. that compilation coming out? Well, I, I was, I think we were all really into it because we, we wanted to get the EP out again because it was, we had it, um... It came out like in '82, I want to say. Oh God, if memory serves. Oh, and it was on Faulty Products, which was, you know, again an IRS offshoot that kind of just fizzled and died. <laughs> um, and so we we like we we really liked those songs because that was you know part of the early early bangs slash bangles, and it was history. And and so um, it was one of those things where we done released Sweetheart of the Sun, and then years later we were just thinking. You know, we weren't really working together a lot, we, but we wanted to put something else out there so that people could hear and and make and like rediscover the very early bangs slash bangles. And so we got a compilation with the EP and some couple of live things and old old like old singles and stuff that we had done that previously that people probably haven't heard. So we thought yeah. so this could be really fun. And really good, good for the fans and people that want to, you know, rediscover the, the very early days. We love it. It's a great release. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Jeff and I, first of all, we love seeing you. We've seen you um, obviously at concerts, but we've also seen you at shows like at Wild Honey fundraisers, and um, we love hearing your voice. We love hearing you sing, but you're such an accomplished musician. I have to ask this question, or I really want to ask this question. <laughs> as, okay. as a female drummer in the early 80s on the LA music scene, what was that like for you? Because at the time, you know, punk was coming in, then going out, and other styles are coming in, and we're starting to see more and more women, more and more women. But I was just curious what that scene was like for you accepted not accepted or well it's it was kind of funny because it's coming out of the 70s and i remember when we were playing those sort of clubs you know with like three people in the audience and a couple of people would say oh yeah you're not bad for a girl yeah. you know and you'd get that kind of attitude and it was like i'm not doing it just because i'm a girl i'm just doing it because i want to do it and you yeah. know and i and i always felt like you know people were kind of you know Push me away, like no, you know, you're not, you know, you're no good because you're a girl. You know, they took mm-hmm. it on the feminine thing, and and that's, it was like no, I, you know, I, I just thought I don't, I don't care about that. I don't care about the the sex sex, sex labeling. I just wanted to go and play, and do the best I can. And yeah, we were an all girl band, and that you know, and there there was a, at that time especially like some kind of a, if you want to call it novelty, which I hate to use that word, but it was something that was different. It wasn't like a typical band, you know, because was there were a lot of male bands, and and so it was something that that was slightly different. Took you know, sort of put us apart from the the rest of the the gang, you know, and uh, but I I mean it was it was tough. It was tough being 
a female drummer at that time, but I just, you know, forged ahead and decided I'm not going to let this get, get me down or, get, you know, affect me in any way. I'm just going to do it. Badass on the drums. Yes. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> okay, Debbie, I had a question, and I'm... I, I'm a little leery about asking it, but I wanted to ask about uh, the bass players that you've played with, especially in the Bangles. Yeah. And personally, I love all of them. But um, so you played with Annette and Mickey Steele and um, Derek Anderson for a while, who were big fans of that. A, a World of My Own album is amazing. Isn't uh, that a great record? I uh, love that record. It's oh. so, so good. But I, yeah. I'm, I don't want to know who your favorite is because that would be weird. But is there any, are there, were there any of the bass players that you played with that you felt like a, a special connection to, or you guys clicked sooner, or? I don't know. That's a really hard question. Uh, well, I definitely clicked with Derek because we had very similar bass loves. Actually, the same with Mickey too. Um, Annette, yes, but Annette was, it's interesting with Annette, because she was, it was so, so early days with, uh, for all of us, and that she was, you know, in fact, let me tell you, this book I've been reading has been more fun in the new world, um, by John Doe, okay, I've I've been rediscovering a lot of things that happened in the early days that I completely forgot about, and I was reading Annette's chapter, and she said, she was saying, oh, she wanted to be in a band, just to be in a band, she didn't care if she was, you know, a great musician or not, which I thought was really interesting that her saying that in her chapter. And because I remember in the early days, I, I was kind of wanted to be a bass player, and then I was a drummer. So um, I kind of like secretly was coming up with a couple of bass parts and teaching them to Annette in the very, very early days. But she, she got much better the more she played, you know, she got more into it, you know. Um, so I don't know, this is a really hard question to answer because I don't, it's, I don't want to, you know, put favorites on, but I can tell you, Michael Steele and, and Derek, I definitely um, had more of an instant connection with them, but mm-hmm. I do love playing with Annette, too, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, and lately, Annette's been coming back around, and she was doing some shows with you guys when, when we were able to to go to concerts, right? Oh, you mean back in the day when you can go to show? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so. God, help. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, we, it was, that was the thing where uh, we just decided, especially after the whole Paisley get-together again and, and doing the 3 by 4 or actually the 4 3 by 4 um, we just thought, well, why don't we go back to the original 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 group you know uh-huh. let's go back to our roots again so we got Annette back and play with us and you know it's many years and we, we'd all we've all kind of grown up and we all we all get together you know get along really well now and and she's she's improved a lot as a musician she works really hard I mean sometimes she, you know at rehearsal I sit there and think oh god I hope this is gonna be all right and then she'll go on stage and freaking nail it so you know Perfect. There you go. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Yeah, and it's fun for us as longtime fans. Uh, the first time that I met you, Debbie, is when you guys did an in-store appearance at uh, Lou's Records in Encinitas, California, for all over the place. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that was oh, wow. that was a that was a minute ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was just like last week, right? <laughs> <laughs> so for us yeah, fans, it's really exciting to see that the. Annette come back around and do a couple shows, yeah. but, but
But yeah, it's really really been fun with her. The, really enjoyed it. The band has released so much good music, and I'm a vinyl fan. I'm I'm in my fifties, um, and one of the things that are one of the records that I'm missing in my collection on vinyl is Doll Revolution, which I think is an amazing CD. Do you know about any plans for a vinyl release for that? It's funny you should say that. Hmm. Yes, I mean, I, I, um, this, there's talks in the works of re-releasing Doll Revolution and Sweetheart of, Sweetheart of the Sun. Um, yeah, and doing it on vinyl. Oh. There is talk of this. So keep your eyes out because it's, it's in the process. Very oh. exciting. I'm very excited. Yeah, so it's so funny you should mention that because you're going to get your wish. Yay. <laughs> We'd also like to know if, uh, I mean, now that we're talking about all things musical, and uh, yeah. uh, are there any projects that you uh, would like to promote or um, anything that you're currently involved with that you'd like to share <laughs> with our listeners? Uh-huh. Well, uh, musically, I've been kind of um, like in a bit of a standstill right now because of mm -hmm. the whole lockdown and stuff. Sure. Um, yeah, so I've been trying. I just recently moved up to the Pacific Northwest and uh, just been trying to sort of get together with some people in, near Portland. And um, that just I just started doing that when this whole thing kicked in, and I obviously mm -hmm. kind of at a standstill. But right. you know, I do want to in the future, you know, start getting another thing together and I've also been interested in doing art so I'm <gasps> going to pursue that being in the lockdown you know <laughs> start doing some different kinds of art beautiful oh I can't wait oh, to yeah. see that and we did see a really really fun version of live the merry-go-round song that you did and we shared on our page yes I thank think. you yeah that was I mean literally in my my media room and in, in, in my, my little office here I mean it's like okay I'm gonna do something just to kind of cheer people up because you know we're all going through this and we're all like locked in our houses going stir crazy like what do I do so I just thought you know why not live such a great uplifting song and and I thought that would be an appropriate selection you know <laughs> yes yes and it's a great well, thank tune. you for sharing that though thank you oh yeah so I had one last question. Sorry, I don't know about you, mm -hmm. but so my last question, Debbie, looking back on the catalog that you had with the Bangles, do you have a favorite song that you recorded and a favorite song that you like to play live? Oh, wow. <sighs> Let me think, think, think. Well, I do like the song Let It Go. I always like that song. much of a bangle collaboration it was all of us writing together we all sing on it uh -huh. um so um i really enjoyed that one 
Um, and I guess I like playing Hazy Shade because it rocks, dude. It rocks. <laughs> it definitely rocks. Yes. And that, okay, no worries. You know, you mentioned uh, playing live in your music room and, and sharing that with people, and it, it is really uplifting. And we want to know what music is uplifting you right now. What are you listening to? Um, I like the new pornographers. I really like them. Yes. Um, I'm a huge fan. Yeah, and you do too? Yes. Yeah, they're great. Um, I've been kind of going my, my husband and i have been kind of rediscovering like bowie and old 70s like t-rex we've been watching all these these youtube videos and <laughs> just kind of going back to the like early 70s stuff um and i'm trying to think what else lately just um then there's a station here i'd listen to my car sometimes again it's another like old station like 50s and 60s and it's just i hear some of this old stuff and i go oh god i remember that song and it's just uplifting it's just good to hear stuff that that got you into music in the first place you know you rediscover it again yeah music is so powerful and for us especially during this time when most of us are in our homes and there's a lot of um alone time it's it's great to have music, including the bangles, that we can listen to and Aww, cheer thank us you. up. Yeah, I agree with you. It's great to have music. It's, it's really good to do the day, you know? Yeah, agreed. Debbie, you will never understand how wonderful this was to have this time with you. And we don't want to infringe upon the rest of your day. But thank you so <laughs> much for joining us today, for sharing with our listeners, and for the great music. You're just amazing, and we are huge fans. Great. Thank you so much for having me on your show. That's awesome. Thank you, Debbie. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you. You're very welcome. Take care of yourself and be safe. Okay, you too. Keep rocking. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. You too. So that just happened. I I want to do like a happy dance. I seriously (laughs) want to do a happy dance. I'm like, woo! <laughs> you were doing a happy dance. I can see you on video, so. <laughs> uh, How great is she? Okay, Jeff, let's just. Uh, just uh, this happened. <laughs> you and I had this moment. Absolutely. And I hate to tell. Uh, I hate to like lift the veil, but Jeff and I had like a laundry list of questions. And we had to really narrow it down. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I think if you've listened to any of our episodes, we can definitely talk long, long, long. But um, I'm really grateful to Debbie Peterson for giving us this piece of her day. She's amazing. And her energy. How can you not just 
love her and get all yeah energized by her yeah she she seems so positive and and um i she seems like one of the people that really appreciates what she does and as a fan of the Bengals, it's so exciting to hear when somebody um it likes what they do and can look back on it and and appreciate and be excited about what they've done and and are still doing and then can we talk about we almost had debbie peterson as a bass player yeah yeah how do you like them apples well we know that she plays other instruments because well we've seen videos with her on guitar so right yeah no she she's a really strong musician but you know, I would. When she said, I'm, "I secretly wanted to be a bass player." Whoa! Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and I like what she what she said about wanting to be recognized for her skill and for the fact that she just loves playing music and wanted to be recognized as just a drummer, not just a girl drummer. And I can imagine. And when she said it was hard, I can imagine that. And then when you see her on stage, when you see what she commands, how she commands that that room and that space, and then you hear her voice. And I mean, she's really a standout musician. And I, and I can't wait to hear more from her. I'm, you know, when she said, yeah, you know, I'm right when this hit, I was starting to kind of connect with musicians in the area. I am ready. Yes. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. And I will say, as a, a drummer that sings, that's something that's always um, intrigued me to see uh, a, a drummer sing behind the kit. Because you don't see that a whole lot. I mean, she's not the first, but it, it's it's fairly uncommon. I mean, you'll see bass players sing. I mean, we got Michael Querso. You'll see guitar players sing. You sure. know, there's Steve Wynn and um, even keyboard players sing or piano players sing stevie wonder but not a whole lot of drummers so Mm -hmm. that's it's and she beats the heck out of those drums you you said she was a badass drummer she's (laughs) a badass on that kit i don't care what you say yeah i remember going to those whiskey a go-go shows where they did those three nights that was another series of questions that I had that I ended up scratching off because I didn't want to go to three hours or four hours. Um, but, um, yeah, just seeing them in that little club and her, her just behind that kit and just sounding beautiful when she sang and just killing it on those songs. So incredible, incredible. And, um, you know, a lot has been, a lot has been written about, talked about, reported about the Bengals. You know, when she said, we wanted to be on a major label. We wanted to have hits, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of has been said about that time. Yes. And so it was really, I I thought it was very touching how she reflected back on these early days. And it, it just sounded like everything just kind of started gelling really quickly and easily. And once again... The elusive green on red barbecues. <laughs> they know what people remember the Catalina trip, but the green on red barbecues. We're gonna have to dig a little deeper for that one. I think we're gonna actually have to talk to to Sid Griffin for that because I think Sid remembers a lot more. Mm-hmm. Our and mate... Dan Stewart. We need to reach out to Dan Stewart and see if we can get to the bottom of these 
green on red barbecues. Yes, but yes. Debbie Peterson, what a what a great person. Yes, and that was that was a gift. Oh my gosh, we hope all of you enjoy it. Eight, the eighty episodes don't come around all the time. Nope. But man, I think we gave you a really sweet surprise for our eightieth. Agreed. Yeah. <sighs> Debbie Peterson's awesome. She is very awesome. All right, Jeff. That's two original bangles. Only two to go. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The more elusive unicorns, Vicky Peterson and Sue Hoffs. Yeah. For now, I'll take I'll take Debbie. That was that was that was a very fun conversation. Loved her energy. Wonderful. Wonderful. I don't want to stop. We have to. Can we come back? <laughs> no. Oh, friends. I gotta be at. Groove on, Paisley people. <laughs> <laughs>